SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. It's a brand new week and a brand new edition. And uh, thank you very much to the Money Web team. They're back again tomorrow at 6 p.m. I'm Brad Brown with you until 7 tonight and another busy show lined up for you. We'll chat to former Proteas captain Graham Smith to find out his thoughts on the Proteas performance so far in Bangladesh. That series level at uh, one apiece. So the decider coming up on Wednesday. And it's uh, been a rejuvenated Bangladeshi team. So we'll find out uh, what the former skipper's got to say about that performance. We'll also touch, uh, ask him a little bit about the Ashes as well. Obviously keeping an eye on that. The next test getting underway later this week. We'll also unpack Orlando Pirates' loss to Zamalek this past weekend in the CAF Confederations Cup with uh, South African footballing legend Helm Kalele. That's coming up. And uh, yeah, that's all on the way between now and 7 o'clock. Let's start with some of the stories making news headlines today. And it was good news for Orlando Pirates despite that loss this past weekend. Midfielders Opa Manisa and Mpo Makola have recommitted to the Soweto Giants. Both players featured for the Buccaneers this past weekend in that Group B CAF Confederation Cup 2-1 loss to Zamalek. The news should warm Sea Robbers fans' hearts as Manisa has been a pillar of strength in the Pirates' midfield since making his debut back in 2008. And since then, he's made over 250 appearances for the club. It's been a bit of a shake-up in the MTN8 fixtures for 2015. For the first time in the history of the tournament, the opening matches are to be staged midweek. All four quarterfinals matches will be played on Tuesday the 4th and Wednesday the 5th of August, with the semi-finals then reverting to the weekend. The first leg semis will be scheduled for the 15th of August, and the return leg on the 29th. On to some transfer news, uh, big ones for the Red Devils today. They unveiled German midfielder Bastian Schweinsteiger. The Red Devils have signed the German captain on a three-year deal from Bayern Munich. They've also announced the signing of Southampton midfielder Morgan Schneiderlin on a four-year contract. Chelsea have completed the signing of goalkeeper Azmir Bergovic from Stoke City. Uh, that also on a four-year deal. And Manchester City agreeing to uh, fee for Liverpool winger Raheem Sterling. Porto announcing that goalkeeper Ike Casillas has signed a two-year deal with them with uh, the option of an additional season. And Juventus have confirmed that Carlos Tevez has left the club. He's heading to Argentina where he will join Boca Juniors. In cricket news, Riley Rousseau has been fined 50% of his match fee for that shoulder-barging incident that took place in the second ODI with Bangladesh yesterday. Speaking after the match, Faha Behadin said there was no ill intent in what happens. Look, there was a bit of a bit of heat, uh, you know, but uh, there was a bit of heat when, when we were batting and especially when Kafisa was batting. And we all men, you know, it's, I mean, it's... It's, get quite, it's international sport, you know, and um, a lot of testosterone floating around. And I think Rali kind of just ran past him, you know, he wasn't even looking at Tom, and he was running towards Kaji to congratulate him. And hopefully, you know, the umpires will see that there wasn't, there was no malice. Um, to just one of those things, you know, Tommy maybe walked a bit slowly off, maybe disappointed, and he reacted, and the umpire saw it, and maybe a, bit, a, a big meal was made of it, you know, more than what should have been. The third and series decider takes place on Wednesday. And staying with cricket news, A.B. de Villiers has moved back into the number one spot of the ICC test batting rankings. That after Australia's Steve Smith failed in both his innings in the first Ashes test against England. Hashim Amle is still third. Dale Steyn tops the bowling rankings. England's James Anderson is second. Vernon Philanders moved up one spot into sixth.
Despite it being a race day at the 2015 Tour de France, the drama continues. It was announced a short while ago that veteran cyclist Ivan Basso has been diagnosed with testicular cancer and has quit this year's tour. The Italian, who is Alberto Contador's teammate at Tinkoff Saxo, won the best new rider classification in the tour back in 2002. He's also won the Giro d'Italia twice. Rugby News, the box selectors finalised their squad of 31 players earlier travelled to Brisbane for the opening match of the Castle Rugby Championship this coming Saturday at the Suncorp Stadium. Touring squad consists of 22 players who did duty against the World 15 at Newlands on Saturday. The only member of that match day squad that's staying behind is Jean de Villiers, and he'll play for Western Province in the Absa Curry Cup warm-up matches over the next fortnight. Despite not featuring against the World 15, Lionel Mapoud, Loisium, Volvo, Rudy Page, Jan Serfontaine, Mornay, Steinskult, Brits, Louis Diaga, France Malhadaba, and Heineke van Amava will all travel to Brisbane. Dwayne Vermeulen, Willem Alberts, Franz Stein, Farida Priya, Peter Steff de Toy, and Stephen Kitsoff were not considered due to injury. The Argentine Rugby Union has confirmed the venue for its final match before the World Cup and on home soil against South Africa on the 15th of August. The match will not form part of the Rugby Championship for 2015 and will be played at the Velez Sarsfield Stadium in Buenos Aires. The 2015 Craven Week got underway at the Paul Rose Gymnasium earlier today. Western Province beat the Blue Bulls by 20 points to 13. The Griffins down Free State 41-27. Border narrowly beat the Pumas 32-28. Borland thumped Limpopo Blue Bulls 52-7. And Namibia beat Border Country Districts by 38 points to 14. The latest ATP World, Tank, uh, World Rankings rather, were released today. The men's and ladies champions at Wimbledon, Novak Djokovic and Serena Williams, still in the number one spot. And despite giving Djokovic a scare in the fourth round, South African's Kevin Anderson dropped one spot to 15th. Ladies rubber, uh, runner-up, Gabrine Muguruza, climbed 11 spots. She's now broken into the top 10. She's sitting at 9th. In rowing new South African duo of John Smith and James Thompson has finished second and picked up silver in the lightweight men's double skulls in the A-finals of the World Cup in Lucerne. And finally following his victory at the Scottish Open yesterday, Ricky Fowler has moved up four places. He's now in fifth on the world golf rankings. Despite his major ankle injury, Rory McIlroy still retains the top spot. I'm Brad Brown for SAFM Sport. Coming up next, we chat to Graham Smith. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap, and it was a fantastic weekend this past weekend. So much sport and uh, so few TVs in my household, unfortunately, but got to watch quite a bit of it. And one of the games that I watched yesterday was the Proteas up against Bangladesh, and it's a, a revitalized Bangladesh outfit. They've uh, come off a couple of great performances at home, particularly against India and Pakistan, and they showed why they beat both those sides yesterday, uh, defeating the Proteas and leveling the series. So uh, an all-important game to look forward to this coming week. Wednesday, but joining us now is former national captain Graham Smith. Graham, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap. Thanks for, for taking the time to chat to us. Uh, the Proti has been given a bit of a run for their money. It's good to see. Yeah, Brad, I, I wouldn't say it's good to see. I just, obviously, I didn't really watch the game. Basically, I saw uh, parts of it, but yeah, a disappointing performance from, from the guys, and I'm sure uh, they're hurting today. Yeah, I say good to see because obviously there's a T20 World Cup coming up and I was a bit concerned when, when I saw the, the fixtures that were going to Bangladesh and I was like, gee, is that the sort of uh, level of opponent we want to be playing? But it's, uh, it's, it's posing some headaches for the Proteas and it's, the, the reason I say it's good to see is because you want to see them playing competitive matches and, and under the pump a little bit and see how they come through it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think uh, the experience of the conditions for a lot of our guys is also very, very important with the 2020 World Cup again being in the subcontinent. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, one thing that it's going to teach the guys is it's not always easy to bat in those conditions. You need to be able to 
to be prepared to to work hard for your run, to do the hard yards, and uh, you know ultimately that's where we, we came short yesterday. You know the wickets uh, played tough up front, but you know on, on days like that you've got to find a way to post the total, get to 220, get to 230, and uh, get yourself over the line in, instead of just uh, you know winning games comfortably. Graham, looking looking at that team that's playing in the series, uh, there's there's a couple of big gaping holes in that bowling attack. If you think of the likes of Dale Staines not there, Vernon Philander's not there, uh, Mornay Morkel's not there. So it's given some of the, the French players and, and some of the youngsters an opportunity to put their hands up. One of the youngsters who has put his hand up in a big way is Kajisa Rabada. He's a, a name for the future. We spoke about him at length last week, uh, just at what he's done about uh, at the under-19 level, also what he's done at first-class level for, for the Highfelt Lions. Uh, he is uh, he's an exciting talent, and it's I'm glad he's on our side. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, it's terrific to see guys like Kajiso coming through. You know, I've obviously heard a lot about him over the last period of time. And I guess the biggest worry is, is how he'd be managed, you know, with a guy whose his ability, you know, it's easy to fast-track someone like that. And, you know, the more confidence he gets, the more experience he gains, you know, the, the better for South African cricket because everyone knows we want to maximize his, his talent and ability. He seems to have a, a really good head on him, which, again, is probably the most exciting part about his talent. You know, uh, from my perspective, you know, I, I think that it's such a, a big season for, for the pro team of South African cricket. You know, a massive tour to India coming up, uh, New Zealand at home in August, and then obviously the, over the home summer you've got England coming. So a huge amount of big cricket and uh, and managing your players and having a squad of guys that can perform is obviously going to be key to to doing really well this year. I'm glad you mentioned England. Uh, first Ashes test done and dusted. And uh, I don't want to say surprise that they, they, they beat Australia, but I think surprise in, in the way that they beat Australia in that first one. They're, they're going to be tough to beat. No, look, I mean, I think playing in England has always been tough. You know, Not many teams go there and are, are victorious. Uh, I think Australia have struggled for a number of years now. And I, I think going into the series, I certainly felt like Australia were favourites and I, I, I think people underestimate the, the loss of someone like Ryan Harris to, to that bowling lineup. I mean, I think uh, that and the conditions really proved challenging for Australia. You know, from my perspective, they play cricket well on the front foot. You know, when, when things are happening faster than with bat and ball, but when you've really got to graft for your runs and graft for your wickets, you know, uh, they seem to be found wanting. And you know, they perform in the subcontinent on, on, a, on a wicket like the one in Cardiff. Uh, they seem to really struggle. So. You know, obviously, uh, great for the Ashes and, and the series that England have started so well. It just makes it more and more exciting for all of us to watch. Mm, without a doubt. And then just looking ahead to this Wednesday series of Cider in, in Bangladesh, you, you mentioned that uh, the batters need to put their hands up. Is that where, where we're going to win or lose the thing on Wednesday, that we just need to post a, a good total if, if we're going to be competitive? Well, I mean, uh, having been to Chilagong before, I mean, the wicket generally can play a little bit more batsman-friendly there from my, my past experience. I mean, the one in Dhaka is a much darker type of soil and, and can be a little bit more difficult to bat on. But, it, uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, Bangladesh, uh, the team will be wanting something that, that that I guess plays into their strength. Yeah, I think it's a test for our guys. You know, I, I think a, a series loss to Bangladesh would be a huge disappointment for the protesters and something that they wouldn't really want on on their resume. I, I, I would certainly, if I was in that team and, and having to play that game, it would be a very, very important game for me and something that I, I would expect the guys to really want to get over the line on, 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 on the last game. And let's just say something about the Bangladesh team, because this isn't a flash in the pan. I mentioned that they've come off two really big series wins, uh, one against India, one against Pakistan. With their win yesterday, they've qualified for the, the Champions Trophy, so they're in the top eight uh, in, in the world. They, they're no longer one of those sides that teams can just arrive there and expect to walk over. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the times it's been a banana skin for most teams to go and play a game where you, you know, ultimately just want to get over the line, get the job done, and, and move on to the, the bigger challenges. But I think it's great for world cricket that they're improving, and that certainly their home home form has been has been exciting over this last period. But you know, from from our perspective and my expectations on the process, it was disappointing. I mean, I think for the greater world cricket, it's you know, it's, it's it's good to see Bangladesh performing well, but you know, we all have high expectations for the process, and then hopefully Tuesday or whenever the game is, I think it's Tuesday they can back in, they can put it right. Let's hope uh, it does happen. Graham Smith, thank you so much for your time once again. Looking forward to it. Before we wrap things up, Nelson Mandela Day coming up, and I know you've been a big one on doing things for charity. Have you got anything special planned for for Mandela Day? Are you doing anything in those sixty-seven minutes? Oh, there's there's a, there's a lot lined up. I mean, I've been I've been involved in a whole lot of. Charity work with Momentum this week in NASA, you know, handing out blankets to the communities and, and doing a whole lot of stuff. We've also got a, a big thing going in our bursary program, uh, you know, trying to trying to educate a huge number of kids in a, in a quality way. So there's a lot going on, and uh, I'm sure we'll add some more to that in, uh, on Mandela Day. It's obviously an important day, and not obviously just today, but it's around the fourth on the day, and, and, and creating better better humans in society and, and better leaders in our communities. As always, great to catch up. Graham Smith, former Protea captain. Thank you so much for your time and take care. Thanks, Brad. Take it easy, bud. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is South Africa's news and information leader and it was a disappointing weekend for Orlando Pirates fans. This weekend they were up against uh, Egyptian giants uh, Zamalek in the Cap Confederations Cup and uh, letting it slip at home. 2-1, the margin uh, of, I don't want to say, or oh, victory for Zamalek. That's what, they, uh, what Pirates lost by. And we joined now by a former uh, Pirates, uh, one of the Buccaneer legends, Helman Kalele. Helman, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap. Uh, as a Pirates fan, you must have been disappointed with, uh, with that loss this weekend. Yes, thanks for having me. Thank you. And also good afternoon, or, yeah, good afternoon to your listeners as well. Yeah, it was a disappointing, you know, result, you know. But, you know, looking at the effort, I can't falter the players in terms of the effort that they gave it in there. And they tried their level best. It's some of the things that they needed to work on in terms of the finishing. Their finishing, it wasn't spot on. Because when teams like, you know, Zamale, when they come in here, the little opportunity that they get, they make use of it as they did over the weekend. Helman, where, where did it go wrong for, for Pirates? Yeah, you, you talk about the finishing, and that's been an issue in South African football for a long, long time, but to concede two goals at home in a, in a competition like this is a, is a huge blow and has uh, really made it, made it hard for Pirates. I would say, you know, it was, um, you know, when, uh, in this level, you know, players, they tended to lose concentration because you could see, you could see that, you know, during the entire 70 minutes when they were playing it's first half, they tried so hard. When Majoro scored that goal, you know, to the players' mind, you know, it was, wow, at least we scored that goal. Then they, they switched off, you know, of which in this level you don't have to switch off. You switch off until... Or when the referee blows the final whistle. Unfortunately, that's what happened. And whilst they're still busy trying to recruit, then Zamalek scored the second goal, then it was finished. So it's something that I believe that players individually, they will, they will learn from it, as well as the technical team to make sure that they emphasize the, 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 the importance of staying focused throughout the game.
Halman, you've been involved in, in a successful African campaign, and it's never easy to, to travel north and play in Africa. But so Orlando Pirates, having lost at home now, have got a, a lot of work through their next fixture. Uh, sees them uh, head north to Tunisia. That, that's not going to be a, an easy match either. That's towards the end of the month. And then uh, they, they've got to go and, and play Zamalek as well. So uh, lots, lots of work to do still. And, 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 you know, the good thing is, um, even, uh, when they go to Tunisia, you know, they, they, this is send an opportunity. In actual fact, these are one of the things that they do happen, where, uh, in, in football, uh, like losing a, a game at home and also go out and win it, you know, away from home. Yes, it would have been nice for Orlando Paris to win it here at home. But this time around, they needed to go back and work more harder or dig deep in terms of getting the results, you know, because they are not out of it, you know. I mean, having three points is not that quite bad. And I will believe that the technical team will work on their mindset as well as their tactical aspect, you know, their organization, because we saw yesterday that, you know, tactically they lost it in terms of you know, uh, yes, you know, uh, focusing or watching the ball instead of closing down the opponents. But more importantly, because Orlando Palace has been creating goal-scoring opportunities home and away, so they need to make sure that they bury those chances that they got because at this level, you can't afford not to use, you know, those opportunities. Helman, playing in a competition like this and then adding on top of that, if you look at uh, there's MTN8 coming up, the Absa Premiership's getting underway again, where most of the teams have had a bit of a break and they involved in, in pre-season training now. Orlando Pirates have pretty much gone all the way through. Do you think that's going to come back to bite them later on in the season from a fatigue and, and possibly a player injury perspective? You know, with the, with the number of players that they have, I would expect that the technical team will, will apply the, the rotation system, you know, because it is really taxing on the body of some of the, I mean, uh, uh, on the bodies of some of the players. You know, that guys like Manisa, they will be fatigued at some stage of the uh, competition, and especially during the domestic league. But again, as I said, you know, they technical team has to find means and ways to make sure that how they manage the, the fatigue. You, you mentioned a guy like Opa Manisa, news today that he's, he's re-signed and recommitted to Orlando Pirates. He's an a in, integral part of their, their midfield and, and he's going to be one that they're going to have to manage because, no, no disrespect for him, but he's, he's not a youngster anymore. He's been around for a while and, and uh, he's one that they've got to keep an eye on from a fitness perspective and make sure that he doesn't get injured because uh, he plays an important role in that team. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, he, like, he, you know, players like Manisa, and not only him uh, alone, you know, the entire team, you know, yeah, the, the management has to manage their training programs in terms of load and recovery. But more importantly, players need to learn that they are professionals at this level. You know, the amount of rest um, or the, 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 the quality of that they live outside of training, it is very important, you know, to manage that. You know, yes, the, the technical team has to make sure that they, they, they trade their part very well, but players have to manage their lifestyle outside of, 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 of football. 
And then, Helmut, just to, to wrap briefly, we're going to be chatting about it lots this week. Nelson Mandela Day coming up, and uh, a lot of people are going to be doing special things in, in memory and in honor of uh, Madiba. Have you got anything special planned for, for Nelson Mandela Day? You know, uh, not yet at this current moment specifically, but definitely there are plans that will come up throughout the course. We've been involved in, in football development in actual fact throughout the week, you know, or, or throughout uh, the month. When the month started, you know, we haven't had a, a single break, you know, each and every day uh, and even on weekends. So definitely... Uh, through the programs that we are running for, for for the development of football, especially focusing on the youth, there will be an, a moment or there will be an activity that will be dedicated to Tata because of the role that he played not only in our lives throughout the entire continent so that we can use this as a legacy that each and every kid that grow up knows that you know that played a huge role. So now it is their responsibility as well to take it further to make sure that we, we sustain the legacy that Tata left us. Um clearly always great to, to catch up and uh, chat football with you. Thank you so much for your time this evening and we look forward to chatting again soon. Thanks, thanks. SAFM Sports Rap. Don't forget you can be in touch. You can SMS us 34701. Those SMSs charge the two round. I'd love to get your thoughts on what you thought of some of the sporting performances this weekend. Orlando Pirates going down to Zamalek. The box winning against that World 15. And the Proteas losing to Bangladesh yesterday as well. Don't forget, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for SAFM Sports Rap too. There was drama on the final day of the World Student Games in Gangjou, South Korea as Team South Africa had to defend their medals. The first, the 4x100 meter relay team of Kani Simbini, Gideon Trotter and Salili Ntiti as well as Eckhard Rousseau had finished third behind Japan and Poland but later Australia who finished fourth lodged a protest alleging that Simbini had stepped out of lane and Team South Africa was disqualified. Athletics team leader Muhammad Ali uh, explains to SABC sport journalist Vlida Mbule why their appeal was successful. The 4x100, the last leg with um, Eckhart Rousseau handing over through to Akani, it was a relatively wet track today and there were puddles all over the place. On takeoff, uh, Akani accelerated, his first stride made contact with the line of lane one, which under normal circumstances would be an infringement of the, of, of the rules. However, in a 4x100 relay, the athlete outgoing is only active once they have the relay button. And in this case, he did, he did not have the relay button in his hand. So initially, the violation that was uh, posted on was the violation for um, running inside um, the lane of the other athlete. However, according to the rules, there only can be a disqualification in the event that there is a deliberate infringement um, and that the athlete going out that's active has the relay button in hand. So we had a look at it. Uh, When they revised the result and, and disqualified us, we put in an appeal and we were successful with the appeal on those grounds. And that's what must cause a confusion because that's what delayed even the medal ceremony. Uh, look, um, I think uh, with the event being um, you know, running down close to a close, there are emotions running all over the place. We had athletes running to their managers, you know, requesting for appeals to be, to, to be put in place in advance. There were athletes from um, Australia that came through and um, demanded an answer as to why South Africa was not disqualified. There was a review of it. Um, on the basis of that review, they posted a, a revised result here in the call room, which is the, which is the norm. And that happened at 1919, and 
on the basis of that, um, we then um, requested an updated set of results, which was then posted at 1933, which gave us sufficient time within the rules. Uh, I think we have a half an hour within the rules to put in our final uh, appeal. And that appeal obviously went through to the jury. The jury sat together. They had a look at it. They consulted with the rule book, and they awarded in our favour. The medal award ceremony was went ahead um, on the basis of that particular instruction. It, did, it wasn't a very long discussion in the jury of appeal. After our neighbours Botswana were disqualified in the 4x400-meter relay for a false start, Team South Africa went on to finish third behind the Dominican Republic and the USA. But sad news uh, was to follow. The quartet of Peter Conradi, John Seliger, Lindsay Hanekom, and Sean Diago as uh, their results confirmed the Mr. is disqualified and Japan ended up taking third. In this short interview, Team SA Sprints coach Andre Koch confirms the mistake that led to the decision. Yes, it was, um, and, um, but we, we're very happy um, for the result. I think the boys deserve it. Um, and we're not, um, you know, sad or we're not, we're not going away with, without a medal, you know, so I think we deserve it. Um, the boys are very chuffed, and like I say, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy about the result. There's also been a lot of controversy with the 400 meters uh, team also being disqualified. Can you explain what happened there? Yeah, sure. Um, on our first, our first leg runner um, stepped inside his lane, or oh, just outside his lane, about four or five strides, um, ran outside his lane, and, and that's why we've been disqualified um, as a result of that. Uh, it must have been very disappointing after the boys worked hard to finish third. Yeah, very disappointing. And I mean, after yesterday's um, semi, we really looked good. We posted the fastest time. Um, so we looked good for, for a gold medal today. Um, but it didn't happen. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the nature of, of the sport, you know. Overall, happy with the performance of your, of your, of, of your team at the sprint in this competition? I'm, I'm relatively um, happy. Um, I think we could have done a lot of things better. Um, I think if we had more time um, to work with the teams, especially the relay teams, uh, we could have done a much, much better job. Um, but having said that, we, we are proud to represent our country and we want to, to rectify and will rectify what, what went wrong here at this chance. But the overall team performance was good. I think with the squad we had here, um, we did, we did fairly, fairly well, yes. And I think the weather conditions also affected everyone. But uh, on, on the other side, we can say that today we're the most hit. Yes, definitely. Um, the weather played havoc today. And um, having, with everyone having to compete, and it's not really an excuse, but it's still it, it, it's a big factor. And it plays a big part in, in what happens. I mean, a couple of the guys slipped um, on the track in circles, in the disco circles. Um, so it was very dangerous conditions as well. And um, yeah, so we're just happy that no one, none of the guys got, got hurt really, um, and that we're all okay, you know, in one piece. For 100 meter sprinter Gideon Trotter being involved in the controversial moment where they were on the podium in Australia's name being called out, but they were still awarded bronze medals and it was all very confusing. He also tells SABC Sport reporter Valil Mbouli that they deserve this moment and hopes to be part of the SA relay team in the World Championships in Beijing, China next month. I think we would have got the goal, but there was like a slight, a gunny slipped, could see it like blatantly slipped, and there was a slight pause. We're in front, like that whole 300 meters. And there was a slip, it was just unlucky. And now it was very controversial. Now, but we at least won the appeal. So I'm very happy for the medal and everything. I think it's SA's fourth medal, if I'm not mistaken. 
So we're quite happy. And, and also, I can feel for you guys because even the 400 meters guys are involved in the same thing now. Yeah, it's very stressful because we were sitting there waiting for everybody for the TIC to make the decision on did we make it or not. So at least the result is out now. But uh, away from the controversy though, yes, I kind of slipped at the end, but did your plan work accordingly? Yes. Till the 300 meter mile, except the slip, it worked accordingly. Uh, if you like compare our heat to our final, it's way different. Because we ended up third in this heat to third now. So plus the slip, so we're very happy about it. Obviously, uh, everyone is talking about going forward now, even in, in, in the World Champs and possibly in the Olympics as well. I'm sure you didn't even have Rangers here, you didn't have Anaso here. I'm sure you guys want to build up for the future. Yeah, I think South Africa just makes a proper camp because we won, like we got a medal with practice of like three hours practice, we won the medal. So there's more like a camp beforehand and we can do way, way better on the World Stage, I think. Personally for yourself, it's the World Champs next month, what are you looking for? I hope they select me with a relay team, that's what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. So, so far we're going back to Europe tomorrow and just get another like two races behind us and then we'll see from there on how it goes. Mm-hmm. You think your performance here uh, speaks for yourself? Not really, like my personal performance wasn't that good, it's not what I wanted, but you know, you learn from these things and you like just go ahead, you, like put it in the past and just go on. SAFM Sports Rap. Before we head on home, uh, some interesting uh, pairings uh, for the Open Championship, which gets underway later on this week. Just looking at some of those, and one that I think is going to have lots of eyes on. South Africa's Louis Wistes and Tiger Woods' Jason Day teeing off uh, together. That should be fun to watch, if nothing else. Jordan Spieth uh, with Dustin Johnson and uh, Hideki Matsuyama. I reckon if you've got uh, a few spare bob and you're uh, one who likes having a bit of a punt on golf, Jordan Spieth, there we go. I reckon he's going to win it. Don't uh, bet your house on it, okay, because I might be wrong. But uh, I think he's got a pretty good chance. He's looked uh, very, very good this year so far. Another one to look out for. Brandon Grace uh, will be playing with Jim Furyk as well as Paul Casey in the opening round of the Open. We'll keep you up to date on that Open Championship as it progresses later on this week here on SAFM.